Rob Elba. Spoiler alert for those of you who don't know, my uh, patrons of the show know this because I did. I, I didn't broadcast it out to everyone, but I did send a note to my patrons because I consider patrons of the show to be family, like members of family. So I did uh, post out that uh, right before the new year on the 30th. I uh, hadn't been feeling good. I've been had headaches for about a week or so. And I was driving into work at the airport and apparently I had a stroke and I crashed my car taken to the hospital and then where it was discovered that my brain was bleeding i had a stroke it was very scary spent a couple of nights in icu was able to release the sex pistols episode while in icu and uh and by the way larry's a a patron of the show but he didn't know like a week ago he said hey rob so when are we getting together like and i said well larry you know i have to get out of the i I just got out of the hospital and he because apparently larry i guess doesn't check his emails (laughs) he didn't he didn't know at first actually rob i called you the Saturday that you were in the hospital. So oh, you it had did? just okay. happened. <laughs> right. And you told me you had sent the email yesterday, but the email actually came that day. Oh, okay. So I wasn't right. that okay. far <laughs> off my game. But yes. You weren't. <laughs> did seem a little um, insensitive, but not really. No, it wasn't. It's just not everyone checks their email like uh, yeah, that. No, that's fine. But uh, the good news is I'm here, I'm alive, and I, I think we're good. And I think we're just going to roll along with it. Uh, I haven't mentioned it, but I will mention right now uh, our guest. I have returning guest here, Mr. Larry Smith in studio. Welcome, Larry. Thanks, Rob. Wonderful to be here again. I have musician. I have sound engineer. I have. I just. I don't think I've ever mentioned this formally, but national sales manager for Wireworld Cable, right? Yeah. Which is a high-end cable company. High-end audio company i'm i'm one of your patrons who works in the audiophile market yes yes so you are an audiophile and that does i would say that ties in in a way well i mean everything your whole knowing you what i know of you and your taste in music i understand why you chose this record which i had never heard of band or record before Mm -hmm. but was very happy to listen to it and of course as i as usually is the case i discover oh wow how did i never hear of this band how did i not know of this before so what did you bring? What are we talking about? Uh, Glass Eye is the band. Bent by Nature is the album that we're going to talk about today. That's it. Glass Eye. So formed. Uh, so they're an 80s band formed in 1983, yep. but they're Texas. So Larry, here's my first question to you. They're like a, a band from Texas, and they were sort of tied in. 
Would that they were of the scene where it had the Reavers, it had Timbuk Three, right, and also um, which which comes into play a little uh, Daniel Johnston, pretty, pretty heavily actually. Yeah, 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 Daniel Johnston comes into the picture. Yep. boy as far as, as I, I, I am a Florida boy and yeah. so how did um, this happen? the the only reason I know about the album is because I discovered the band playing live um, I was actually so I don't know if I saw them in 87 or 88 I don't know if I saw the very first time that they played in Tallahassee but they played the college circuit right? oh, okay. and Tallahassee okay. is a college town right. with a fantastic music scene right and at the time what I do know with certainty is they were playing a place called Finales on Tennessee Street which is right next to campus in in Tallahassee right next to FSU okay and I was putting up flyers on telephone poles for a show that either my band or at the time, you know, my band's rehearsal space became a club called Planet 10. Right. And so either I was promoting a Planet 10 show or I was promoting a Silly Wabbit show. But either way, I was with a staple gun and posters on Tennessee Street and I walked by Finales and I heard this bass. Ah, I knew, I was waiting till that was going to come into play because I knew that was a big... And I was like... Well, you know, it, it almost sounded like synth bass. I mean, I, I didn't really know exactly what I was hearing, but there was this just stunning bass. And then I think it may have actually been the first song on this album, but w- whatever it was, it started with bass and then Kathy started singing. Right. And I, I went inside. I mean, I, I put the posters and staple gun back in my backpack. I went inside and um, I... You became I, a fan. I, I fell in love. Instant. I mean, it's like I became an instant, like totally died and will bought the album, you know, at the show and briefly met the band. And, right. Um, so was this album, so was uh, Sent by Nature out at this time? Was this yes. the album? You, it was. Okay. Yes. So this, so I guess it released, I, I see different years, but I see yeah. 1986. Right. On on their Bandcamp site, uh, she says February 1st, 1986. Uh, Wikipedia thinks it's 87. Okay. Um, my copy of the album is actually in Tallahassee with my daughter. Um, so this this is a generational thing. Like, you know, my daughter is a bass player. She goes to FSU now. Um, she asked for a turntable for Christmas years ago and got one and then proceeded to rifle my record collection. Um, I used to sit with the kids on the weekend, you know, one day of the weekend and, you know, play some vinyl because I wanted them to have... I wanted them to know what it was. You know, so many kids yeah, have right, no idea. Right. And and so many of like my kids' friends have albums where they put the vinyl on the wall on a nail and that's what they buy it for. Yeah, is right. to have the black circle on the wall. <laughs> I know. I and um so, you know, this was an album that she dug enough that, you know, when I was moving her in, I know she had a little stack of albums and I went through and I was like, you stole my glass. You stole right, my right, glass. Right. Hey, you know. Well, that's so. good. I'm glad you mentioned Bandcamp because that's good for people to know because this is a hard record find. It is. It's, it's not on Spotify. It's not really on YouTube completely. But uh, thank God there is a Bandcamp for it now. Right. And that's where I got the tracks from yep. the Bandcamp. And interestingly, also, there's a lot of, like, misspellings and yes. <laughs> on Bandcamp, yes. but I guess maybe they 
put it up well, in a rush or something? Or Yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't there. And I contacted Kathy and asked her how I could get digital copies. And, oh, okay. You know, so they said, oh, geez, we have at least one person that wants it. Let's <laughs> exactly. Get it up there. Okay. Exactly. But that's kind of cool. It kind of adds to the mystique. So, all right. So let's get into a little. Also, you had mentioned college. They're, I would guess, in a way, they're the quintessential college type band, just because the songs, the songs are quirky, they're dense, super smart, super, <laughs> super freaking smart, intelligent, but not even just the lyrics, but the but the playing and the arrangements. Right. There's just there's a there's a lot going on, but I could also see. You know, because a lot of times you see a band, you go, wow, how how were these guys not huge? But not necessarily because definitely they were quirky and strange enough mm-hmm. where I couldn't, you know, I, I could also see, you know, maybe people not being able to latch onto it or they're not uh, an obvious hit band. I mean, they're obviously right. not a band making hits, right? right? Right, Yeah. But, you know, the thing that impresses me most about them is because um, they're about my age, right? It's not like they were, you know, 10 or 15 years older than me or something. Right, but, right, right. but to me, there was a level of maturity that, you know, I mean, that's a note that I have, you know, maturity. I oh, mean, it's okay, like maturity right. And yeah, because at the time, yeah, when they and, did this, they were, they were young, but, but they were beyond, they, well, they, they were writing beyond their years. And, and here's the thing that, you know, I think will come across uh, even in the short segments of each song that you play. You don't have to go all the way through the song to hear this First of all, all the musicians are badasses. Yeah. Okay. Right. But they don't all have to play all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. And exactly. the yeah. orchestration, the way things come in and out and yep. interlock and intertwine um, exactly. is is just, it, it's, it's songcraft. I mean, this is really skillful. To me, this is, you know, this is kind of the epitome of what indie music should be or, or, or any music should be, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I come from, you know, like a, a Ramon Sex Pistols kind of thing. You know, everybody's bashing all the time. Right, right, You know, right. You, you might you might take a little bit of a, a dynamic break. Right. But these guys are like, it's heady how dynamic things can yeah, get. Yeah, it is. And, you, you know, know uh, one comparison I sort of came on right away was that, like, originally, like, uh, I was into punk. A lot of people were into punk bands, but then uh, Talking Heads came out. Yeah. I see the clouds that move across the sky. I see the wind that moves the clouds away. It moves the clouds over by the building. I pick the building that I want to live in. I and then people were into Talking Heads, right. and, and it was sort of like that, too. It was something totally different. Right. Sparse at times, you know, very intricate uh, musicianship and sort of the same idea where it just came at you in a post-punk or whatever punk mm-hmm. way, but from a completely different angle. Yeah, I think that's a great um, analogy, you know, talking heads with with Glass Eye because of the the arrangements, the, the combination of people, right? You know, right. Have bass, drums, guitar, keys. Um, of course, Jerry did a lot of guitar, too. Um, but the musical equations that I draw, Brian Beatty's bass playing, right? He's, he's playing fretless bass, which you know from the previous shows I've done. I've got a thing about fretless bass, Oh, yeah. Bass, well, right? listening you know? to this, I'm going, oh, well, of course <laughs> of Larry, course Larry this likes band. this band. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but, you know, he, I think most people don't, you know, either they don't know what fretless bass is or, you know, they, um, that Paul Young, um, stay, uh, stay for good this time. You know, where Pino Palladino has this monster. Yeah, it was a super smash pop tune in the 80s. Okay.
really distinctive fretless bass part. Right. But to me, fretless bass is, you know, Percy Jones from um, uh, Before and After Science and Another Green World, the Brian Eno albums. Right. And Mick Karn from Dolly's Car, which um, I was never a big Bauhaus fan, but when Peter Murphy, you know, when Bauhaus fell apart, he found Mick Karn, who was the bass player for Japan. And oh, right. they, they did this one album, The Waking Hour, which was like, that was a staple for me. That was just, you know, because it it's weird. And, um, and the, the bass is just absolutely otherworldly. And that's good you mentioned Bauhaus so. because they were going to come up. I had them at one point. I was going to bring them up too because I was going to bring them up. But yeah, the bass, there's, there's no denying the bass sound is huge and it looms large on the whole record. Much the way, but again, completely different. But I'm a big, just in a recent episode, we talked about the Stranglers and uh, right. J.J. Brunel. bass player where you can't like he uses it as a lead instrument yep. and it's right out front and this is he doesn't sound anything like Gideon Brunel totally right. different but the same idea where if you start paying attention you're like oh my god what is he doing you know right. what is he doing in this song and it's like it's amazing uh, and it's so unique that it's taking you know the, the lead or it's just adding these these parts in these songs that wouldn't be there without it and all right so you got brian Beatty and you would all uh mentioned kathy mccarty who sings and a uh, guitar and she's, she's playing... the guitarist okay and she she's is. a monster guitarist yeah, but great. you know and again I, I mentioned there's a couple of musical equivalences i don't think you can can hear her sing and not think of grace Slick. oh my god because... i have written out of course well yeah duh. i, <laughs> I mean, have grace like, Slick you're gonna hear and it. <laughs> natalie merchant too yeah. some natalie merchant but yeah grace Slick for sure yep 100 yep. there's the the bell-like clarity yes. you know i mean she's just got exactly. an absolutely beautiful voice and so th- this is why i can't swear that i saw the the very first show or not because i know that this album was done uh, with Dave Cameron on drums and um, Sheila Lane, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sherry Lane as the keyboard player. Right, right. Who replaced uh, Scott Marcus. So they had Scott Marcus on drums and Stella Weir right. was keyboard vocals, but, but they not but on this album. But that's the only band that I can picture because Scott and Stella both came back. Oh, and so, okay, okay, so, okay. So when, you know, on... Uh, the band campsite, there's a picture of the band. Right. And I look at that and I think, yeah, I saw, I saw that lineup. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I think I saw that lineup. I'm fairly certain I saw that lineup, but what's etched in my memory is Scott and Stella. And oh, really? If you, okay. If you so, find any of the videos, right. that's them. Well, I was going to ask. So, uh, Scott, I, I mean, I'm assuming he was a great drummer because the, the, uh, Dave, Cameron Dave Cameron is a monster. Is a monster drummer. <laughs> he's a monster. And just interesting, not not to do with anything, but he's not Dave Cameron. He's right, Lisa. Lisa Cameron now. Right. And it's just it's just a really interesting story that I guess he was such a character that eventually when he was transitioning and decided he wanted to be Lisa and he wanted to be a woman, he was transitioning, a lot of his friends, his close friends, thought it was a goof. Thought he was just goofing. <laughs> because I, I did he, not know that. I Honestly, I didn't research the, the yeah, this and, current lineup. And there. there's actually a great interview with him by Kathy. Kathy McCarty interviews him. And it's great because it's great for someone to read 
because, you know, people our age, all right, it's hard. We hear about, you know, the uh, pronouns and that, mm-hmm. and, and it's hard for, you know, we all, smart, intelligent people like us, Larry, we <laughs> make the effort and we realize, well, this is, you know, things are changing and people, yeah. of course, people should be whatever they want to be, feel like. But this is great because it really lays out there that he had something called gender uh, dysphoria. Right. And... He, but it's very, it, it's so clear how he explains it about how he had, he had these anger issues and he had uh, um, substances, substance abuse. And it all came from the fact that he'd wake up every morning and he didn't feel right. Like he was in the wrong, he felt like he was in the wrong body. And, and to think what that must be like for someone, especially if they feel like there's no way out of it and do it. So it's just, it's just a really interesting article and it's very good because it's very clear and it explains like, yeah, this, this guy was a character. He was a, uh, she, I'm sorry, she was a great drummer and she's so much happier now so much happier right. with her life and and that's great that's just that's an awesome thing that, that's a just win just a, a side note that, yeah that's a win awesome I, I will note. go look for that article yeah it's, um, it's, it's excellent you know I, I was mentioning this like to me i've got this you know vivid image of the four of them by the way um everybody well of that foursome lineup with um scott and stella right. and, and kathy they were all in Richard Linklater's uh, Slacker. I saw that. So, I saw that. So that's, uh, you know, I guess, you know, big, big fish in a small pond in, yeah, in Austin. Yeah. And I guess, and I guess this, they put, they, there's other records, but this album was sort of the one, you know, in a way you could say this is the one that put them on the map. This is the one most people noticed. Right. But it still, it, it didn't really. Right. It, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, there was another album twice now I've, I've bumped that I really wanted to talk about that is like a phenomenal, great album. But you've got, you do shows, and there are shows like the Sex Pistols show that you just did, right? That there are albums that are just huge that everybody knows. Right. And it's, it's great fun to listen to somebody bring the album to the show and talk about why it got them high. Right. And, and I, I love those shows. But the shows that I really love are the ones that, I end up getting turned on to something I didn't know anything about. Yeah. And I end up going down a rabbit hole and I YouTube and I Spotify yeah. and I learn more about the band. And which happened with me uh, totally with this album. And I well, know is going to happen to other people too. Well, that's so, so when I told you I wanted to do a glass eye album, I had a really hard time because I only owned this on vinyl. And I didn't have the vinyl with me. The vinyl's in Tallahassee. Right, right. And Hello Young Lovers is what I've had on CD, you know, since I bought it from them at a show. Oh, right, and that the, was the one after this one? In the one? early 90s, yes. Yeah. And um, what it came down to was this is... You know, even though it's the wrong band to me, this this is right. The, this is the album. You know, this is the this is the thing. So right. Well, um, and it still has Brian and Kathy, and it's got you know, it's got Dempsey Nash is you know, and and it's got Christine. I mean, there are so many songs on here that we'll get to. Obviously, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, well, let's get in. Let's start listening already because people, uh, you know, have maybe have been playing clips, but let's just get dive right in the first track. Let's listen to a little bit of whiskey.
right from the start, just just grab me. You know, obviously, I hear the bass and I go, oh, okay. I know why Larry loves right. this band. But um, yeah, yeah, and, and just her her voice and and the lyrics. I mean, uh, they, they're very. Uh, sometimes the lyrics aren't. They're not necessarily wordy, but they paint a a picture of whatever they're trying to convey. Yeah, I I think that's one of the hallmarks of of this album is it's so like observational, yes, you know, yeah, and yeah, right. um, ex- experiential. I guess you know yep. it's like it's, yep. it's 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 something that you can really relate to, and um, there are characters that absolutely come to life that, oh, yeah. that you yeah, know <laughs> and and there are stories that you know it, it's like it's songcraft man it's oh just... yeah it is and we get all right so we get her she's singing the first one but now we get the next one come back which we're already getting into religion a little here now right well you know so i didn't know until i was doing this you know doing my research right and, and uh and kathy had posted the lyrics that this was about <laughs> Daniel Johnson too, you know, it's like, yeah. are you kidding me? It's, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, of course, um, I didn't know how large he loomed in the scheme of things. I was not a Daniel Johnston fan. Right, and, right. Um, in fact, this made me go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Right, because they're um, in the uh, documentary, they're, right. they're uh, the devil and Daniel Johnston. And so... Real quick, Daniel Johnson, I guess, played his one of his first public performance was opening for them, right. for Glass Eye. Right. And he, this is it's a really funny story that he gave his little recorded because he had his little his self recorded tape. Hi, how are you? He gave it to Kathy McCarty, who didn't listen to right. it <laughs> until after he asked her what she, what thought. she thought of it. <laughs> and then she lied. She had a lie to be nice, so she said, "Oh, it was good." And then she went home and listened, listened to, to it because right. she felt bad. <laughs> Immediately afterwards, and then they uh, dated yeah. briefly, and uh, yeah, and um, it's uh, yeah. But he does so he, he does you know loom on this, and I'm a fan of of him. But I also I, I it's one of these things where I, sometimes I I feel I I don't know I, I have a bit of a problem with people that it's obvious people have a mental illness. And there, and and sometimes I feel like it's uh, there's something exploitive uh, right. about, especially their tour. I, I remember he was out on tour, and some friends of mine I know went, and it was uncomfortable. They said it was very uncomfortable. It seemed like he didn't want to be there, and I don't know that that just bothers me. I mean, right. obviously, I, I I believe people should be able to you know express their art, and sometimes that helps them express art. But also, there's a there's also a line I feel where people you know, right, and and for him, probably making cassettes in his bedroom and handing them out to people and introducing introducing himself and, you know, meeting people and giving them the tape was probably a better avenue, a better conduit for oh, that yeah, creativity yeah, for sure, than for actually sure. having to do shows. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's, anyway, let's listen to this second track here. Let's listen to Come Back. I took a wrong turn of events. I made a wrong fork at the situation. I took a wrong turn of events I made a wrong fork at the situation I've been talking to you in your absence And I've fabricated quite a turn of events I never knew it would come Never knew it would come to this 
man Come back, come back Into Satan's arms I will cheer you from evil And I love all your songs That's, uh, that's uh, such great lines. Come back, uh, come back into Satan's arms. I won't shield you from evil, and I love all your songs. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, right, so good. Um, yeah, but uh, just the dynamics you hear—they they do a lot with dynamics, and it's like you were saying before. There's not—it's not a, a guitar-heavy album at all, right? right. Uh, but uh, they pick their moments when when and, they come in, and you know, there's so much badassery on display here. You know, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the the, the accordion is freaking killer. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, not just opening the song with it, but even the way it fits into the verses and Kathy's little—you know—that little. You know, that little you know as uh, coming out of the chorus is is it i think it's badass right right uh and yeah like i like i said they did i guess so do you remember when you uh, on the original vinyl do they have lyrics in the no. in the vinyl they don't okay they don't. yeah which i i, I get that i understand that because yeah. it's almost like uh rem like the first rem but unlike rem most of it's very intelligible <laughs> it, it is no that, that's true that's true uh it, it it is although in intelligible in that you know what they're saying but maybe not so much in like what are they getting at right right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is great, obviously, which uh, we love. We all love stuff like that. All right, so speaking of that, we get Oblivion. So, uh, and this is something that I notice a lot with them that obviously I notice a lot with a lot of bands that that I end up really loving is that the song's called Oblivion and it has these lyrics, but it sounds the music sounds like I feel like the picture that the lyrics are trying to right, paint, right. but it, it it actually sounds like yeah, that. no, no, they're they're very good at that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I do want to point out Kathy's liner notes for you know for what she put on on the band camp. She says um, this makes reference to the fact that Kathy is often oblivious to her surroundings. Clearly, at the time of writing this, she needed to get laid. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> oh, wow. so Kathy <laughs> nice. Kathy is an outspoken musical genius right. that should have been massively heralded and, and she should be a household name. Right, right. She is a bona fide rock star that really, you know, still hasn't gotten the, uh, the recognition that, that she should. Right. Right. But she is and, right and now here on that. Right. I, I don't, on. I don't think I mentioned the fact that she and Stella are both absolutely beautiful. So when you walk into a club and you've got these four people on stage, two of whom are like just absolutely beautiful. Right, right. You know, it's it's a really compelling visual to go with the aural imagery. Right, okay, so, I get it. <laughs> just throwing it out there. No, that's great, I love it. Let's listen to a little bit of Oblivion.
that little bridge the way that bridge comes in. It's like so they they have these great intricate interesting little bridges that just come and go. Right. And and right at the beginning was what I was sa- talking about when they're singing about falling down a flight of stairs yep. and the drums sound like someone right, falling right. down a well, flight of stairs. Dave Cameron's drumming on this, Lisa Cameron's drumming on this is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, it I is, think it's, it is. Um, it's it is. and and that song in particular to me, it feels like it. It actually has a pulse. It's kind of a a living, breathing thing. Okay, you know, I okay. mean, this is way before the era of you know recording to a click track, right? I mean, there's no grid. Oh, right, right, you right, know, right. So, yeah. so I think, uh, I think if you tried to quantize this, you'd see there's a lot of ebb and flow in it, and you know, yeah, there is. I, it it almost made me wonder, like they're they're around in the early '80s, like what were they listening to? Like, you know, right. what, what were they into? What were they listening to? Because they're, they're just, uh, there's so many different uh, influences that come in, but not like you would think a band from Texas in the eighties would necessarily sound. Like. Right. But remember, you know, it's not just Texas in the eighties, it's Austin. Right. And, yeah. That, and, that's true. you know, that's true. I've still never been to Austin, but it is, you know, it is a world-class music city. And it's not like, you know, yeah, Texas, so it's, it's like, it's like saying, unfair. you know, coming from Georgia, but you know, Athens is different than, you know, Savannah. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? And this next one, Living with Reptiles, this just cracked me up, living in Florida, because this, it's basically what it's, it's about, basically what it says, living right. with reptiles. And people who always, when people first move to Florida, the first thing they realize is that lizards are everywhere. everywhere. There's lizards in your yep. house, and there'll be snakes there, yep. and like, you're basically living with reptiles. So, yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Living with Reptiles. This is the Bauhaus comparison, too. I was going to say the guitar sound right here. Another thing that I kept noticing, the album is recorded so well. Yeah. It's like you hear every little, what he's doing, if he's doing a little accent on one of the cymbals at all. It's very, for the 80s especially, there's no, uh, you know, there's not the normal 80s sound you may expect, but it's just recorded very well. I I think... um so Brian has had a pretty successful career as a, as a producer. Um, but I think a lot of that's because of the orchestration too, the sparseness, right, you know, right, the fact yeah, that yeah. when you don't have everything 
competing for sonic space it's so much easier to to have little things that little two note thing she's doing there in the chorus you know where the guitar sound is completely different than than the verse you know right, where it's right. that heavy chunky what you refer to as you know that Bauhaus tone yeah yeah um you know that that kind of delicacy is what this this entire thing has those little nuanced pieces right right and and i also love the fact that uh even though obviously they're intel very intelligent they also have a sense of humor and there's a lot of humor throughout the whole record right and i appreciate and and you used you know the term quirky early on i mean you know whether it's rhythmically uh, sonically right exactly musically or lyrically there you know there's going to be something that's going to be a curveball in almost everything right and they're not yeah and they don't shy away from the awkwardness which is a good bringing into this next song we don't touch because to me i feel like this song is about the awkwardness some people feel with uh, closeness that's what i get from this song like uh again that's what it sounds like to me like someone uh, like the awkwardness of being too close to someone uh at least i could be totally off base but let's listen to we don't touch i'll look at the shadow of the matter it's real enough to keep my attention real enough to keep my attention but now if I touch you, you'd be the matter at hand, and my hand cast a shadow too. But I wouldn't be looking at the ground. So speak to me, don't touch me. There's nothing to touch about. Except maybe the fact that you and I are sitting so close. Yeah, it's like the other song, uh, a chord, all of a sudden, oh, there's an accordion, now a um, trumpet. Oh, yeah. all of a sudden, oh, wait, yeah. there's a trumpet there. Yeah, they had, to, like, had to bring in a it's guest. It's like perfect. Yeah, Robbie Walker. Yep. Is yep. playing trumpet. This and- is decades before cake. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, yeah, and it just comes, yeah, the just the, the lyrics, like I said, they're real. Uh, it, it's interesting to me when uh, they're saying, uh, real enough to keep my attention for now. If I touched you, you'd be the matter at hand, and my hand would cast a shadow too, but I wouldn't be looking at the ground. Right. So it's just like that awkwardness. You get right. the awkward yeah. the, you know, feeling. Yeah. Um, and and uh, again, the, the lyrics are are so smart. Um, I love the... Um, oh, what you think is the right thing to do is nothing to do with it. Nothing is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You right. know, that's it's great. Uh, it's great. All right. So now we get, uh, this next one, uh, love gone wrong. This is a anxious, once again, an anxious sounding song about, uh, it's basically about being trapped in a relationship, like being trapped in a, a bad relationship. Yeah. And once again, you get just that, that bass sound. Like, do you remember when you saw them, what kind of amp did he play through? I don't know. You know, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm a, curious. I'm a bit of a gear nut. Yeah, and, and I know. I, and That's I, why I'm asking right, you. <laughs> I, I pay attention to shit like that, but you know, we're talking over 35 years ago and right, somebody else's. And Larry is and, very old. Like, and so. I am old. So. 
Um, but but talking about you know bass players um, and, and singers, I meant to say very early on when I mentioned that to me she reminds me of Grace Slick. He really reminds me of John Doe. There's something about oh, his okay, delivery. Okay. It's not just you know I'm, I'm not saying that he sounds just like him, but he remi- when I hear him, I'm reminded. I of see that because he's got a very matter of fact uh, delivery yeah. uh, the way he delivers it yeah. uh, sort of a matter and, of fact and, in your face and, delivery, and again the fact that, that both of them sing so intelligibly you right. know is right. <laughs> almost <true>. remarkable <laughs> it is alright so let's listen to a little bit of Love Gone Wrong Vocal harmony is pretty exish too, right there. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. That. No, there is that. That's good. That was another. That that's another a touchstone that I think definitely you could bring in, especially the way they both uh, right. sing together sometimes. Yeah, which is which is great, obviously. Um, all right, so a uh, Dempsey Nash, or as they say it on their Bandcamp, a Dempsey Nash. Well, that that that's the way they wrote it on the on the album because oh, really? he didn't want. I mean, that's the that is the title of the song is is written Dempsey Nash, but they've oh, always said Dempsey okay, Nash. I get it. But I it's about it. a real person who didn't want them to use his name. Oh, really? So, okay. Well, wow. Because so, yeah, it's fact, about it's about a character. I didn't know yeah, it was a real person. When 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 they fleshed out all the lyrics, um, so apparently the album, which I don't remember this, uh, came with a little um, a, a piece of Dempsey Nash's poetry. Uh, he he sold flowers on the side of the road uh, for a living. They they weren't oh, sure if he was homeless or not. Okay. Um, apparently, you know, a few other bands. You know, he he was kind of beloved by Austin bands. Right. But right. but the character is um, both you know vivid and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and it is, and it, and and it's great. I mean, at one point you think he thinks he won. The, like it must be like the uh, publisher's clearing right, exactly, or something. Exactly. But well, wait a second, I'm getting duped. I didn't right. really win, and. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, there's numerology in there. There's conspiracy theories. Right. right. And, and again, you know, I wouldn't think that a song like this would be one of their like most popular and and biggest hits, but apparently this was, this was always like really. And, and I was communicating with, um, Kathy and Brian, prior to coming on here, kind of saying, you know, what, well, first of all, I had to say, how do I get the digital files? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. um, but Kathy thought, you know, hello, young lovers might be a, a better 
album and i said but but this has dempsey what nash she know? this has dempsey know? nash <laughs> <laughs> never you listen and never take the advice well, from has, the people in the, the band so so dempsey nash um living with reptiles is is way up there for me and then there's two more songs that are coming that are like just okay. stunners yeah no but this is definitely a standout for me too well, let's listen to the bit dempsey nash just sit on down i'll stay right here want more newspaper i've got plenty here I couldn't believe it when I read what I read I opened the letter and the damn thing said You could be a winner and all you need is this Your name's got to be on this list And on the list of three winners of all that cash Number three was me, Dempsey Nash Tell you, man, I've been had. I was stung real hard. I was set up bad. April 8th was the date of that sting. There's something to this numerology thing. I had a few beers, bought a bush at the store. Got hunger, ate dinner, and had a few more. Then out on West Fifth, I had a little crash. Oh, so good. One of my one of my favorite things is like just a good story song, right? You know, right? And and that's what this is. And you know, another thing that happens at the end of this that happens a lot that I appreciate. A lot of their songs just end. When yeah. they end, they just end. Yeah. They don't do the da, da, right. the big ending right. or something. They just end. They just end. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. But you know. Um, Again, I think that really highlights, you know, you've got a song with, you, you've got a monster bass player, you've got a monster guitarist that simply choose not to play because the song doesn't need it. Right, You know, you've right, got accordion yeah. and drums for exactly. most of the song. Exactly. And, you know, yep. it's... And it, yeah, it, it's great. Just so well arranged. Uh, the arrangement is great. Uh, all right. So now we have Kicking the Dog, clearly uh, Daniel Johnson. This is another one about yes. uh, Daniel Johnson, right? Right. Uh, you, you say you had a girlfriend. I love some of the words. And you say you had a girlfriend, made you scared of the world. The way it sounds when you write it down makes me hate, hate that, that girl. girl. Uh, that, that's, yep. that's such a good line. All right. Let's listen to a little bit of Kicking the Dog. That, that 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 drumming those hi-hats. Yeah, I know. So the, good. the drumming is absolutely perfect. 
Yeah, and it really is. I, I made a note. I knew you weren't going to get to it, but the bridge in that is absolutely sweet, too. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? I'll, like, I'll play a little bit of it underneath. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. But that, that interlocking thing that, the, you know, the, the guitar, the, the bass, and the keys, and the drums, you know, that driving thing. Right. It's all so so well orchestrated I mean that's yeah, yep. using the same freaking word because I've got a limited vocabulary but I mean <laughs> there's no it, and there's another I'm going to throw another band at you when we get to it when we get okay. to a song that I thought of that maybe uh, not uh, not so apparent but that I thought of uh, and maybe you'll agree or maybe you'll say no you're an idiot you don't know what you're talking about which could very well be true <laughs> People in the house, again, I love things like this because it's a observation, like you said before, yep. it's an observational thing. These are, you know, because how many times do we see, do we right. wonder what the, what the hell are they doing over there? Right. But but this is kind of, you know, this is both, you know, it's, it's you've got the voyeuristic intent, right? I mean, you know, this is clearly written as though you're looking at your window at somebody. Right, but it's right. also, you know, looking at the... Um, it talks about they're watching in the blue glow of the TV, and we're watching from the blue glow of dark. Right. You know, yes, it's like, exactly. you know, this no, is... you're exactly right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there's another, there's another killer line in there that I'm going to oh, get to, the, but let's the, listen to the a very bit. last line. Yes, the... yes. Let's listen to a little bit, though. People in the house. There are many things I see. Across the street from me. They don't take enough steps. To hide their secrecy In their bedroom windows They don't pull the shades at night And the dog on the front porch Never goes in They eat in the living room In the blue floor of the TV I see my window In the blue floor of the dark Yeah, there you go again. Like you said, they just drop out and they just got the drums and them uh, and them singing, and it uh, it adds so much. Yeah, just the, those lines. Um, lonely, they don't seem lonely. Happy, they like to act happy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I love that. But it yeah. sounds like the people that they're watching are actually much more. They're better balanced than the voyeurs. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, and and exactly. I, I thought you were going to go to the the very last line because he he delivers it almost with venom. Um, the the woman is a um, she writes rec- she writes um, for a cooking magazine, right. and she's you know the very last line is giving her secrets away. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, all right, so Haywire, kind of a strange, somber-sounding song. Again, I feel like there's a little faith in this one, too, like sort of about the fragility of faith. Uh, I think they toy around with that a the little. The funny thing to me about this, again, Kathy is just a really brilliant and hysterical person. Um, you know, I, I follow her on Facebook, and, and her posts are always uh, witty and amusing. But, oh, nice. you know, she says, it's pretty obvious what this is about. I'm freaking stumped. 
you know, it's, I mean, it could be about sex. It could be about a junkie. It could right. be about Jesus right, being right, right. crucified. Yes, you know, yes. it's like, exactly, <laughs> you know, I exactly. really don't know what the yep. the needle hits the wood means. Yes, that's what the, I was going to add. But, but that's all right. Sometimes that's all right. it's better. But, it's, it, it's cool. I, right. I, I, but but I to her, like it's knowing. obvious what this is about. Of course it is. Yeah, because she's much smarter than me or you combined. Yeah, right? Of Absolutely. All right, let's listen to a little bit of it. song and um yeah very evocative but i don't you know right like, uh, I'm, I'm stumped but it's still great it's right it's, it's evocative and emotional and i want someone to sing to me like that sometime oh it's definitely not but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be nice. um but I, and i love how they go from something like that to this next one parking space which is which is also kind of a kind of a lighthearted thing, and you know sometimes Larry, depending on where you live, parking is a really big deal. Oh, I know, Park, parking <laughs> parking can be a real big deal. Oh, really this big deal. this is another this is one I mentioned. There are two more songs coming up that really do it for me. This is one of the ones oh, that nice. really okay. does it for All me. All right, let's listen to a little bit of parking. part of town larry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it i love how it's not uh this this whole record is not just one thing and you could hear like uh, you know a song like that i could have easily just heard that and said oh i kind of get what they're going to be like and they're like this but they're but they're not they're not and especially this next one christine is especially not because this to me is an is an outlier a real outlier song because it's it's 
pretty and it's and it's kind of haunting sounding and I, I feel like it really sticks out. I think this is absolutely gorgeous and yeah. if we weren't doing this today this might have been my heartbroken song. Oh nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Let's listen to Christine. Time has stolen you from me, Christine. He stand down at her hand, barely sing. Only the chilling hands of time could have turned these hands all to lines. He held in his hand a metal ring. He said, Christine, how could you? It's kind of nice how all of a sudden, you know, in an album that there could be, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns and you don't know. I mean, here it's very, it's very laid out, very stark. Uh, Time has stolen you from me. Christine has made each prospect fade with the evening like two ghosts you have withdrawn. Uh, So, yeah, it's just like uh, just about a just like your your standard issue lost love song. But it's really pretty and, and really well done. Right. Yeah, it's great. And um, now we get to the final. There's an instrumental at the end, which is great because I was thinking, I hope, the, I, I swear, I was thinking, I wonder if there'll be an instrumental because I just, you know, they're the kind of band where I just wanted to hear them go at it. And here's the song, Larry. I just thought of Mission of Burma. I thought okay. of Mission of Burma with this song. And I thought of Burma when they would do like an instrumental song or maybe right. a, a ballad of a Johnny Burma or just like one of their fast, heavy songs. This That's what it sounds like to me. And it sounds like they're all just going for it on this one. Really cool ending uh, instrumental. I, I love it. It, it, it doesn't have the dynamic range of the others, but it is just this is the only like, you know, foot on the floor. Balls to the wall. Right. This is right. Balls to the wall. Yep. Yes. Listen to Mechanical Chihuahua. Actually, I, I I forgot about that. Which that is a total uh, Peter Prescott mission of Burma. The the drummer Peter Prescott would be would have done that. Yeah. 
I got to say, these guys were fans. They had, oh, I'm they sure had to be fans of yeah, love. I'm, I'm sure of that. I would think they would love um, As much as, as I love this band, and it's like, Larry, I, you know, you, you brought this thing to me, and of course, I'm always skeptical of everything Larry brings. You, you should be, yes. Yeah, es- no, because, especially after the Bumblefoot one. <laughs> no, but you know what? Still, and uh, well, I got to tell you, I, I've actually gotten some uh, really nice notes about that. Like, people like, Shocked that they enjoyed it as much as they did. <laughs> Good. They, yeah. So, yeah Hopefully that will happen with this. Yeah. No. They'll I, say, you know, Jesus, Larry brought something that I actually like. So yeah. that would. <laughs> I, I can't imagine not, but it's just really, you know, uh, different. It's it's interesting, and it's really great. And that's I, I love stuff like this. Like like you said, it, there's two things. People want to see an album. Oh, good, they're doing that. Right. I know that album. I love that album. I want to hear that. But it is it is really fun when you're like, oh, I never heard of that before. What the hell is that? And then it ends up being something like this, which is which is great. Should have been a household name, damn yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so yeah, as as I mentioned before, it's great. Uh, if you wanna uh, if you wanna hear this great album and purchase it, you can do it on Bandcamp. You you got to go to Bandcamp.com and then search for for Glass Eye and the name of the album Bent by Nature and the actual album. That that there. will get it. Yes, because um, I think somebody else. Uh, is attempting to use the name glass yes. eye which <laughs> I is noticed that, um, which could be difficult confusing. but but been by nature and once you get there they've also got um hello young lovers is is there too and also uh kathy mccarty has her own uh band camp and you know i don't know why but like as much as i love these guys i i didn't follow you know i didn't keep listening right, right over the years so i've just gone and, and grabbed uh kathy's two albums that are up there uh one is a cover of uh daniel johnston songs and apparently oh, nice. okay if you read like on the interwebs about daniel this is like the definitive i mean apparently she did uh the most beloved version of his songs oh, and great. i haven't nice. had a That's chance nice. to listen to the entire thing yet because i was getting ready for this right. but um but what i heard was absolutely glorious oh so, that's awesome that's great so both kathy mccarty and glass eye bent by nature awesome all right well larry this was great i'm really good you know i had like i told larry i had no expectations i had no idea i uh, ladies and gentlemen i had no idea that i'd even be able to put two words <laughs> together <laughs> I didn't. I had a goddamn blood vessel burst in my in my carotid artery, like a week or so ago. And uh, yeah, everyone's there. They were uh, shocked. They didn't understand why I don't appear to have any deficits. My face isn't drooping any more than I guess it normally does. But uh, I sound. I don't know. My my wife says I don't quite sound like myself. But she, she may just be messing with me though. I, I, I think she might be. <laughs> Right? No, I, I so, feel like I'm. I so, sound like ladies myself. and gentlemen, I'm sitting directly across from Rob right now, and I can tell you he appears virtually no different than any of the other times <laughs> that I've seen him. That's uh, you don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, well, I mean, you probably can't imagine. That actually, does me. It is a great relief. I'm really happy to be alive, and uh, I just want to say to my uh, patrons, I really thank you because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't broadcast it. I didn't take pictures selfies i hate people in the hospital and they take hospital selfies and shit and post it up. i don't i, I don't I do mean stuff like i that. i get it when people do it but i i'm with you i don't i, I don't I, I don't i, I don't mean i don't get it. It. but i did like i said i let my patrons know and i got uh, a lot of really nice notes uh from you i appreciate it if now i'm just putting it out there be great if you like the show enjoy it now would be a great time i'm, I'm gonna be out of work for a while i mean you know if you want to become a patron 
it would be a great time to become a patron. Just or it would be a good time to up your Patreon or, pledge but, but level. Just not, not even that. Well, yeah, that, that would. But just to become one. If you're, if, you're, if you're a listener and you've been on the fence, this is something that should put you over the fence. Rob almost died, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Become a patron of the show. That would be awesome. You could follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. That would be awesome as well. Also, that Facebook group got me high is where you see all the dumb memes that I make. And I'm still, my meme game is still going strong. I still, I, I think I'm going to be okay with that too. Uh, tw- Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Once again, I really appreciate it so much. I, I love, I, I, you know, some uh, some patrons sent a note, Rob, you know, you don't have to do one every week if you want to take time, but just, I want you all to understand, I really love doing it, I enjoy it, and I don't feel, I don't feel pressure. Obviously, if I really felt like I couldn't and I needed to take off, I would, I promise you, I would. But as long, you know, as long as I'm okay and I could not, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not out digging a ditch or anything, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just talking. <laughs> so I think we can handle it. But uh, I really appreciate you all. Larry, thank you so much for coming and breaking my post-stroke cherry, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. I think we did, uh, I think it's, uh, we did adequately, and it's okay. And uh, I really appreciate you all, and I will see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. I'm out of here. I really don't know what I have.